right, so we're live here with Elias. It is uh, Wednesday, May 15th. and uh, That it is. I uh, wanted to start this off with Elias. Um, I just actually reminded him earlier of the uh, the first time I met you. Yes. I said, do you, I said, Elias, do you remember the first time that I met you? And <laughs> he, he didn't he didn't have a clue. He had to think about that for a second. Well, it's been many years now, first and foremost. Um, but uh, <laughs> when you did remind me, I uh, instantly remembered something else. But I'll let you, you uh, remind everyone. A where friend we of mine, so we went to the show. And a friend of mine is like, hey, I'm buddies with this UFC Randy. fighter. That's right. Randy, my and, good friend uh, as well. Yeah, and said, uh, I'm good friends with this fighter. I think you had just won Ultimate Fighter. Or you yeah, won. so it was about five years ago. And I saw a picture and I'm like, really? I said, this guy's a fighter? He's too pretty. Like, nah. no way. And he's like, you won? I'm like, this guy's badass. Like, yeah, this thank guy's, you, Randy. This guy's, yeah, exactly. And uh, <laughs> I met you there. It was actually at uh, at the sex show. It was the Toronto yep, sex everything show. about sex. And you were there. What were you doing there? Um, I was on the cover of him, uh, Handsome International uh, Men. Uh, there, I think it would have been 2014 cover. Um, I was only wearing hand wraps where I covered everything. Yeah. The package, if you will, but I was on the cover of it, and uh, what's it called? It's actually a really cool show. Uh, they still do uh, different uh, him uh, events uh, all around, where it's like a male burlesque show, and it's it's really awesome. But I, I graced the cover, and uh, yeah. I was there signing. I was signing babies and shaking hands. Yeah, oh yeah, you're definitely a worker. That's one thing I could say about you. There were no babies at the sex show. <laughs> just uh, just to throw that out there, there were no babies at the no, sex no show. Um, but yeah, that was one thing I, I noticed about you because like, listen, I mean, people do tend to judge a book by its cover, right? I'm sure this has happened in your life probably a lot. Well, yes, but that may or may not have to do with the fact that I've been on 10 romance novels. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, you missed a romance. That's exactly. Just kidding. Like Fabio, uh, like Fabio. Just throwing a curveball in the, the conversation. Uh, no, um, yes. You could be. No, so I mean, listen, as a, as a, I've worked with a lot of different uh tough guys fighters boxers you name it and it does kind of surprise me some of the guys are so not what you think they would be i mean like the first time i met rory mcdonald up at uh jonathan chambers uh gym i said to him i go who's going to be the next gsp was that kid over there and i said really you know and i had no idea as far as because he, he was really like very gentle very like almost yeah. shy looking, you know, like almost like he'd be the guy that would be picked on. And, and, and I thought, but then obviously watching him get in the, in the octagon, I was blown away. You know what I mean? And that's the mm. one thing I said when I first met you and, and I, you know, we're going to get into this podcast because the one thing that I like is, is the mindset. I mean, not necessarily listen, but the, the training and all that, obviously been around it. We've covered it. I know you're up at TriStar. You're with uh, Faraz. You train here with, who do you train with here? I also train at uh, Grant's Rivals. Uh, Someone like RG and Almaz and uh, at the gym for quite some time now there too. Um, I also train at uh, the UFC gym um, over there with. Oh, I should be <laughs> We're looking. Trying to get three things. I'm here. trying to make it. I'm you trying to, to make eye contact and make sure you're talking about and people, people yeah. contact because exactly. there's technical people in this room. But uh, no, I, I train in Montreal and Toronto as I mentioned. I'm also at uh, Grant's rival gym. Uh, but um, so, yeah, the training part of it, I, like I've seen, we can talk about that after as it's sure. intense. I mean, the conditioning, the stuff Especially, that I've seen. Yep. It's, it's turning it up with uh, fight camps where obviously more specific to an opponent. Well, it's not like and, those days uh, like Tank Abbott where it's like a big fat guy get in there. And oh, that's many years past. Right? Many yeah, years it's, a, it's right. a sport, right? It's a mixing of uh, different sports. So what it basically is, is obviously there's the uh, physical, there's a the mental and uh, there's uh, game day and making sure you peak on the right time. Um, but, uh, sliding over. Yeah. So reaching over now. Okay. My, one of the first questions I have is okay. The mindset. I mean, uh, most guys maybe have been into a fight here or there and, and hello everyone. I'm seeing a couple of, uh, things popping up where people are saying, hello, hello, hello. Well, if the people have questions, we'll answer them as we go. We'll keep your uh, eyes open there. But so the, the first thing I want to say is, is the mindset you have when you, the walk-in. I mean, mm -hmm. I've I've been privileged enough to have been behind the scenes at it was a Shane Carwin fight. I was with Chamber. Nice. I took pictures, and for me, it was like I'm not gonna lie to you. It was so intense, and mm -hmm. I was more scared as a guy sitting in the back going, "If I say something, is this gonna piss this guy off? Is he gonna be like fucking like knock my head off?" But guys are all pretty cool and calm back there. 
But what's going through your head when you're backstage before you like do the walkout and all this stuff? What's getting you psyched up, motivated? Well, um, I think at that point, it's it's just the fact that it's real. Um, obviously, you plan for a fight, you get ready for a fight. Um, there's, you know, weeks, if not months um, between fights. And you're always focused, uh, obviously, on the task at hand, which is your opponent. Um, I think the most, I don't know, clarifying moment is kind of like when the, um, especially um, now in the UFC, they kind of know because of um, the timing, the commercials, the, the, you know, the uh, expected time for the pay-per-view, et cetera, et cetera, um, kind of going through. Um, so they have to almost like a science, yeah. like you're out in 15 minutes at eight Oh five, you're going to be fighting at, you know, 11 PM. You're going to be Who, fighting. Who'd you work with in uh, Ottawa last? Who is the guy that uh, brings you in? Um, it would, it would have been Brock. It would have been, uh, there's a whole so bunch of guys. Some of these guys. Yeah. yeah what's you. it called? There's a whole team behind those it. guys are really, really, you have to be on point. You've got a production. You've got tons that, of people watching it. Yeah. You've got fighters who are like, their minds are really mm-hmm. going, whatever the fuck's going through your mind, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to make sure everything's on point. So, I mean, yeah, any of those guys, I've seen them and uh, it's pretty, it's a skill. It's certainly a skill. Well, so. Again, it, um, part of it's mental, part of it's physical, and it's timing them all up. Um, Do you have any fear when you get in? Like, are you scared? Okay, like, oh, I got to get, like, look at Anderson Silva. I mean, you, you have that fear when you, when you, uh, before you get into the octagon? Um, I haven't really had much fear in, in some capacity. Like, obviously, there's the, the fear of failure. I think that's what it more is. In the in obviously presenting yourself out in a way where you're basically taking what you've been working on for months on end, and you're making it all come together on the one specific day, game day. And uh, unlike other sports, uh, professional sports, let's say like basketball or baseball, for instance, they have you know 160 games where there's basically three to, you know, uh, five days a, uh, days a year where you can kind of perform and uh, what's it called at your best. And so it's it's an interesting thing to kind of bring it all together, adding the, you know, the, the timing in regards to when you're scheduled to fight, uh, the also extra aspect that there's people watching in the stands and also the fact that you extrapolate that out of people watching outwards. So it's very interesting to take it all in. There's not really fear. It's, again, it's the acceptance of, um, the fact that failure can happen and that's what makes victory so sweet when you do actually succeed. And I've been lucky to, uh, what's it called? Succeed, um, well, more, uh, well, more amount of times than I have failed, yeah. uh, but failure has come. And obviously my last fight didn't go my way, but there was 15 yeah. minutes to learn from. Let's, and, let's, talk, uh, about, yeah, let's uh, talk about that because, uh, I mean, I've obviously covered UFC. I've been into, I know the guy that you were up against was, uh, like a knockout guy. He's got mm-hmm. pretty heavy hands. He's a pretty badass individual. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's eighth, eighth in the world for a reason. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what, what happened? I mean, what, what uh, well, I, I think it was just one of those things where I, I, what just wasn't my night. Um, I think I've been very successful at, in the past. Leading up to this fight, I went three fights in a row, um, yeah. uh, kind of focusing on my unorthodox style and being able to confuse my opponent into and outwork them. Um, when, especially when I was playing the matador to a bull, and normally with Derek Brunson, he comes out, especially in the first round, because he has the high, like he has the uh, top knockout rate in the first round yeah. in my division. I think he has like in those last ten fights. He's either been knocked out or knocked out every single person and uh, and every single person in that first round. So, again, it's one of those things where um, he normally comes out like a bull. He didn't quite do that, and I didn't make the adjustments. So, but going back to my unorthodox style, when I when it didn't work in regards to the aggression coming that I expected, I think I overcommitted in certain directions. But um, again, I was able to get out of every. Um, what's it called? Um, uh, uh, you know, horrible. Uh, yeah, there was spot a couple spots. Yeah, right, like right like, off the bat, right? I thought okay, normally he comes out guns good. a blazing, and I I visualized the fight for so long that he would just come out rushing. But when he did it, and it turned into a wrestling yeah. fight. Uh, what's it called? Uh, it, it took me a second to snap in. Obviously, I lost the the first, but the two judges gave me the second. Yeah. and it, I think um, it was really just the slam at the end that I. Again, going back to the mental component, 
there's a threshold of uh, like 50 50 that we have to kind of cross to um, basically impose our will in order to cross the line and you take it. I think I kind of accepted a takedown a little bit too much. And that big slam is what kind of cost me in the third. So yeah, that was it was bad timing with that. I mean, dude, you're lucky that one could have really been. Yeah, and right? again, I, I I toughed through it, and yeah, on, yeah. on my worst day, I lose yeah. a close fight to the eighth best guy in the world. Um, you yeah. know, I went on a three fight uh, winning streak, and uh, after my last loss, and I'm looking for the three next three fight winning streak, um, or beyond after. What's next? When's the next fight? Nothing set. Um, UFC Edmonton uh, was just announced, uh, obviously with Max Holloway. Um, taking on uh, Frankie Edgar, which is a great fight. Uh, I'm really, uh, really excited to watch that as a fan, and would love to fight there. Yeah. Can you see him? Because I can't. Yeah. I can't read Champions do. Champions do need a failure every once in a while to uh, well, obviously rebuild. How many losses have you had? I've only had three losses. Uh, one just, of those was, was to Tiago Santos, who's uh, fighting uh, John Jones. Yeah. I'm one of the only men to go to a decision with him. Where everyone's basically you were unbeaten for what you were, stratosphere. Yeah, yeah. You were unbeaten up till what sixteen, seventeen, and oh, what how um, thirteen and 0. 13, 13 and 0. And 0. I went thirteen wins plus uh, the two fights in the Ultimate Fighter, so technically uh, fifteen fights undefeated, undefeated. and then uh, lost to someone like Tiago again in the third round, where something made the, the decision, um, and uh, you know was able to build and be, uh, get a win streak again. Yeah. I lost and I had an even longer win streak. So I, again, on my bat on the first bad day since 2017, when was the last time I lost, um, I'm looking forward to basically learn and uh, regroup. Yeah, I know it's, uh, I've got a good story about you cause I was actually in Vegas for, uh, that last oh, more elbows. <laughs> more elbows. I more agree. Elbows. More elbows are needed. Yeah, no, exactly. Is there any more? Um, so one predictions on, uh, Santos versus John Jones, obviously Santos is someone that I fought. Um, uh, you know, obviously John Jones is the best in the world, probably the best to ever do it. Um, but I would love to see, uh, uh, Santos shock the world. Um, especially if he was able to finish, uh, John Jones, and my big ass head didn't get knocked out. Yeah. Um, it, it would just uh, put everything in the perspective. And again, those it's the battles that I have had for someone like, uh, Santos or like, Sam Alvey or like um, Cesar Ferreira, those great fighters that I've been able to either win off of or, you know, have uh, or learn off of, right? It's either you win or you learn, especially if you don't get knocked out. So I was going to say, uh, uh, I was actually in Vegas, if you remember, well, this is, it was uh, when you lost. It was, uh, what was it? UFC. What, which one was it? It's Patriots Ant versus uh, Rose. Uh, Rose Thug Cause, Rose. Yeah, because it was two. I was there. Was a UFC fight weekend. I went both nights and all that. And I wanted to go see you. And uh, I remember uh, I was with an ex of mine, and and you know I was so hard to watch you because mm-hmm. a, friend, a lot of blood. Yeah, as a friend, a you're like, oh my god, like it's different than watching some other guys, guys you meet and all that. And that fight you did not win. And uh, I remember because I was coming down the escalator at T-Mobile and you had a blue suit on. Yes. The, like the Greek colors there. And you were, so it's all like escalators. I don't know who's been there. You could see down. And I go, all I see is you by yourself, shaking hands, taking photos with all the fans as they're basically leaving the stadium. For sure. Now, if anyone's been to a UFC fight or seen this stuff, if you've lost a fight, most guys, there's guys who've actually run out of the octagon. People don't want to talk to anyone, don't want to be anywhere around anyone. And then there, there you are. And I'm like, holy shit, like this guy is actually, even if you won, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's still like, but that's one thing you interact with the fans. You For certainly sure. are so, it's not fake. It's not bullshit. That's one thing I could tell people. It's like, uh, yeah, we've done work together in the magazine and all that, but we're mm-hmm. friends outside of that. And yes, we are. And it's, you know, it's like integrity and, and and I see how you are. And that's why I think you're becoming so popular. You're very popular now, but I think the sky's the limit even outside of the octagon because of the way you are with people. And, and, uh, that to me was something like I've worked with a lot of professional athletes and it's not something they, they typically do. So my hat's off to you. And, and I mean, like, is there a part of you, like, is it therapy for you to some extent too? Like you want to get out there and talk to people. Like I've had some friends of mine who like, what, what how do you look at that? Like, is it, are you just being nice to people here? Or are you actually, I mean, obviously like it, right? Like is it something. Well, I'm doing me first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and also I'm a MMA fan as well. Right. So the fact that uh, mm-hmm. the idea, the concept of having fans myself 
uh, still blows my mind. What was the... um, so, and again, they're also fans of the sport, whether they were fans of me beforehand or it, it just like I mentioned, a fan of the sport. Uh, there was a sporting event that they paid really to paid see, to go see. see yeah, and, uh, what's it called? People. Enjoyed, and it's a moment that we shared. Uh, both me being in there, and also the fact that I was a part of it, and they were a part of it, right? Yeah. So, but going, you're um, going above and beyond. I mean, that's one of the things. Like I said, you're paid to do certain things. You have to do pressers. You have to do the post fight, you know, press conferences. There's shit that you have to do. That yeah, you got to do it. And but there's guys who don't even do that part. You know, for whatever reason, I get it's a very mental. You know, I was there for, sure. for Diaz. I've seen Diaz. That, they told they told they told the press when Diaz got off uh, the microphone after the post fight, don't talk to him, like don't even look at him really, because he could just snap. And I get it. And I'm like, well, that's he's a loose wire. I mean, I'm saying that's but you, you're a little bit different. Everyone's different, right? But um, again, uh, just kind of answering some of the, the questions that you kind of mentioned and also what people asked, um, whether it's kind of therapy doing stuff like um in different directions like the the uh, i will be at btc um june 1st um in uh, burlington it's the next uh, btc event a bct fight which is some great fight it's um so btc is a gym burlington training center okay. uh, but they also have um a fight set, a league uh, burlington fights and uh, i will be the ring boy so uh ah, obviously uh, many people know what uh, a ring card holder is in the ufc I am a male ring card holder. So I, I do that for a big like fight. One? Were you like the first uh, guy? Who yeah, come especially up? UFC fighter. I'm the first UFC fighter to do it. Um, so, yeah, a real like, so, pro athlete. Uh, and I also own the trademark for Ring Boy. So I have a calendar for 2020 Ring Boy. Cal- or, sorry, uh, calendars coming out eventually. But I have a Weed Bay calendar as well. Because uh, I, I own the trademark of Weed Boy that's Bay right, as yeah, well. Yeah. So There's so many things that we're going to get into <laughs> because there's a business side of it. I wanted to ask you one question. Have you ever had like a weird fan experience? Oh, definitely a, f- a few. Uh, probably the weirdest. One of the weirdest ones was in uh, Vegas. I was walking with uh, a bunch of my friends and, and uh, a mother with her children were walking. Yeah. And uh, she kind of like walked in, in front of me. They stopped. We just stared at each other. And she just kept on staring at me. Didn't say anything. Just stared at me. For about like 30 seconds or it felt like even like minutes yeah um but she stares at me with her kids are like kind of like mom what are we doing and then she just kicks back too and she goes thank you for letting me look at you and just walks away <laughs> with her mom the kids were like 12 they're like mom what the mom, hell is that what's going on and mom? uh the, the two other people i was with uh friends and uh, training partners and coaches she just, they're just like what the up, fuck was that she said straight but, up, um, thank you for letting me look at you that was a uh, very i don't even know if she was a fan she just did that so wow. that was well, maybe weird. She, was she a but fan or is she just i don't like know i don't you? know she may have <laughs> no idea <laughs> i mean i could see this being at like the mgm pool and you just got out of the water she's like <laughs> but we're just where, you, where were you but uh, where were it you was um heading uh it was at the mgm it was at the mgm right. but um that's a weird well, thing. A question that i saw pop up what do i think um i i can kind of uh work on improve on i think i need to work on it a certain car, part of a um a certain point of aggression uh, i think for the last little bit i've been successful at um playing with people uh confusing them uh both mentally and physically and uh, i ran with it and i kind of um you know uh kind of developed uh, almost a narrative in my mind in regards to the undrunken master uh which i have a funny story because yes. i partnered uh, recently with coors um oh, wow. so Coors Edge more specifically which is this the is uh, this the, is brand new yes which is their um non-alcoholic beer um so the whole idea is I, I created an idea an, an uh, undrunken master so the idea is you don't need alcohol to unleash your inner master so uh, I'm going to be filming with uh, my uh, I don't know why I did this uh, that was a <laughs> but uh, basically the it. undrunken master video. for those that don't know uh, the drunken master was a film uh, a classic uh, with Jackie Chan Yes. Where um, again, it's a it's an untapped martial arts. So uh, I kind of think I kind of uh, bought into the narrative a little bit too much, especially when I was expecting a bull in regards to uh, Derek Brunson coming in, because yeah. he usually tries to knock you out in the first um, first little bit. And I, I think I kind of put out there a little bit too much of my game plan when people talked, uh, when I talked to all the media that I was doing beforehand, because I basically described Derek needing to cross that barrier. Because he just runs at people normally. When he didn't run at me, uh, when I was expecting a bull, and it just ended up being two matadors in different directions, I, um, I in many ways just didn't adjust. So I think I was yeah. a little flat-footed in that capacity. But 
again, you win or you learn, especially when you don't get knocked out. So I'm looking to get jump, jump right back in there. Um, someone like Christoph Jocko, he called me out, uh, or he basically reminded me that I called him out earlier. So, uh, you know, he's on Who a win he? streak. Um, he's a tough kickboxer. He's, uh, from, Where's I can't remember. Exa- I think he's Polish to be exact, but, um, he's been living in, uh, uh, ATT for quite some time in Florida, a great yeah. gym. Uh, he, uh, you know, he is on a win he's streak. Starting, he's starting beef with you while well, you started not necessarily before, beef. What? Uh, what's it called? Uh, I said, I would love to fight him. And, uh, what's like now I would still do. I think obviously I went on a three fight win streak. He's on a win streak right now himself. Um, getting back on the win streak. So, uh, he's a tough individual. He's going to try and, uh, you know, uh, he's got knockouts on him and the UFC and he's going to try and knock my block off and uh, I'm going to get back on that horse and do what I do. Uh, what I'm going to improve on, uh, I think, um, you know, I think there's opportunity in regards to just, um, you know, uh, taking advantage of adjusting. Uh, so I, I, I think uh, I just didn't adjust uh, and uh, and also being more aggressive against the cage like I normally am. Or I used to very much uh, do, uh, especially when I first won the Ultimate Fighter. Um, I think there's an opportunity to mix both, but uh, you know, playing the outside in, uh, yeah. outside game, but also bringing it in, so all the way out, all the way in, yeah. and uh, a lot more dirty boxing, like I did in the Trevor Smith fight. So that's what I'm planning to do. Very cool. Anyone else have questions out there? Let's say a run right in there. Brunson or Santos? I uh, definitely Santos in some uh, in many ways. Uh, I think he has uh, a lot more uh, limbs. Uh, he, you know, he 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 did a cartwheel against um, Poster Boy. Like he'll do a cartwheel to knock you out. So like someone to do that is a lunatic in the best kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he he's, he has like four head kick knockouts. Um, you know, you know, he's undefeated since going to two hundred five. And it's crazy that he's actually fought as low as 170. So it's very interesting to see when an athlete's able to um, go, uh, you know, at their full potential and not diminishing themselves with something like uh, a weight cut. Okay. So let me, uh, I don't think there's any. Uh, there's a question about cannabis. All right. So cannabis. Okay. So here, let's talk a bit. I mean, before we get into just straight out, you know, cannabis, um, the business side of you, because like I said, in the ring, in the octagon, you're a badass fighter, but I always noticed, or I always obviously in our conversations, because we don't really talk too much UFC. I mean, I get it. And I mean, who wants, for me, I don't really, like, hey, yeah, you lost, you won. I was more the mindset, but the business side of it. Um, when you got into, obviously, you've been Ultimate Fighter, you mm-hmm. you were on a TV show, right? You were on uh, Amazing Amazing Race, Amazing Big Race. Brother. Big Brother. Uh, then, uh, yeah, but not actually like I was guest appearance on Big Brother. Is this the one where you the first? No, where you, you're off the first episode. Is that Amazing Race? The Amazing Race, yes. But the cool fact with that was that was a record for the biggest uh, non-sports event TV debut uh, in Canadian history. I think like 3.5 million people watched it. So people, so so people even when I lose, see you. yeah, exactly. is that the best? You, you parlay that into something. <laughs> the top. So then how did you start connecting the dots with the business part? Because uh, what was the first real, I guess, endorsement for you or how did that happen? Mm-hmm. What did you do or what, who was it? Um, well, so uh, I have a degree in advertising. So in many ways, I'm advertising the, the brand that is myself. And I had an internship and an opportunity after my post, uh, post-secondary education. Humber alumni <laughs> represent. Um, what's it called? <laughs> Instead, uh, I got my diploma and I ran right off to Thailand um, and had a couple of fights there. And I knew this is what I wanted to do. And from from there, I was able to, you know, mount different uh, jobs in between, do some of the, um, so you the have modeling, acting, etc. So you're a pretty good combination here, right? You got the looks, you've got the uh, might as well use them. the advertising brains, the strength. Of, I mean, that's the one thing too in the, in the bodybuilding world. Cause I've been doing this for a long time and I've seen different. It wasn't necessarily people who won the Olympia or even won. I mean, you know, if you win, that's great. But there's a lot of other losers or second, third place guys. It's people who market themselves, people who can create some kind of interest in 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 you. You know what I mean? Like even if I didn't know you. Yeah, because I you know, people say okay, the Greek connection, I think that's cool too, because you have Toronto, you've got the and you're very active in the community, right? I mean, it's the stuff that you do some volunteer work with and all that. Well, again, well, by going back to the Spartan spirit with uh, Vula and uh, what's it called, her uh, yes, whole organization and, that was, and everything that they give back. And I'm planning to hopefully go uh, 
to Greece uh, in August and September. Um, really? Because I, yeah, well, um, work yeah, and pleasure. With, uh, well, okay. I'm gonna, I'll probably set that up. Uh, uh, nothing set in the exact dates or whatnot, but. Um, and she reminded me, it was so funny because Will reminded me that she met you at one of our parties. Yeah, with she, the, the Hotter Fit, which yeah, she worked she, in, uh, or sorry, was uh, featured in, again, exactly, it's Determination. Yeah. So this is uh, the There's a spirit. mom right there. Well, yeah. she's the best. Yes, you know what? So, I'll give her a lot of credit because this was uh, coming from her. She pushed this idea. And you know, we took a little bit of time to massage exactly what we were going to do because it's not exactly, okay, we're going to do this and how do we incorporate you and, and that. And that was a lot of fun. And Vula is someone who uh, I have a lot of respect for who, who uh, put this together and, and doing stuff with charities and all that. I mean, that's that's really, I mean, going back to your brand. So these are things that you organically have been doing and it's a well, part that's, of it. Obviously, that's just a good cause. And I would support her and uh, everything in regards to the um the foundation in any way, shape, or form. Uh, but uh, going back with to that in regards to Greece, I'm also filming a movie um, out there. Uh, what's it called uh, in September? Um, where I play uh, King Minos. It's a it's a comedy. Really? It's a comedy slash fantasy. Um, it's a romantic comedy with a fantasy twist to it. Really? Um, yeah. So I play King Minos, the the first king of uh, Greece. Uh, sorry, Crete. Um, and uh, basically, I can't say too much about it, yeah. but I'll be filming the beautiful island of uh, Crete. Oh, wow. um, yeah, and I'm really excited to be a part of that and the cast that's around it. A great, a great script. Um, you're Maria always, wrote a you're script. Up to something, uh, wrote an amazing yeah. script. Sorry, yeah, she. It's an amazing script that I was uh, really excited to be a part of, and uh, um, it's going to be on a beautiful island, and the location's amazing. Um, and there's a couple other projects that I'm working um, outside of the cage as well. But um, so yeah, so know, let's talk about like so let's get the, the business stuff because you got contracts. You had a, a perk contract, right? Or yeah, I was a, the first UFC fighter to get a endorsement in regards to a shampoo and uh, conditioner, two in one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so they're very thankful in regards but to the that that I had with Perk Plus. Obviously, but, it's a it's a it's a well known brand. It's been around for decades. It's but what did um, you do? Here's the thing, because it didn't just fall in your lap. I know you have the, well, the, the well, hair, but so, you did stuff online because there's a lot of guys out there and people. Like I said, they could be fighters, all that, but mm -hmm. to make money with this stuff and to do what you do, because it's organic to you. But what did you did you have like okay well, on Twitter? So Twitter is like uh, one of my main um, yeah. main uh, basically. Um, platforms yeah, that I, I work work uh just basically do me um so i've been very very much involved in regards to live streaming and live tweeting um any of the fights so um you know afterwards on any of the um you know post wrap-ups you know what fighter said uh, how tasty is your tweet like all of those kind of yeah. post um fight um post fight uh kind of follow-ups i'm involved in the conversation so, um, so you run I kind of live tweet. Yeah, that. like you're, I do a, like the online. I'm the unofficial official commentator in some regards uh, on Twitter, right? So that has created me a part of the community in regards to both as a fan and as an MMA fighter. So that puts me in the space uh, in that regards. Yeah. And um, one of the natural reactions I kind of uh, created was the idea of the main event, the main event being yep. M-A-N-E, trademark yep. included. Um, so, uh, so, um, Basically putting that out there, creating the idea of um, being a fighter with long hair and kind of marketing it. Yeah. Obviously, there's someone like Clay Guida who just won yeah. recently, but he, you know, he was known for his hair. But I was known, I put it in a different way and kind of um, marketed it and was able to put it together in that capacity. And, you know, the partnership that I had with um, in regards to Pert, obviously put it on the map. And I was yeah. able to, for instance, my campaign, uh, they did a media buy of uh, I think it was six million in total, six million um, ads uh, in regards to both Canada and yeah. uh, print in Canada and oh, wow. uh, the U.S. So, so I've been, been in like over collectively over seven million um, homes in some capacity in whatever distribution that they eventually put that out there. Yeah. So um, I was able to part of that. And now I'm, I'm partnered with a different company um, called Wise, Wiseman. Yep. So uh, they, again, that's an a more... Uh, you know, in many it's ways, a, I've been, you know, I, as I grow as a mixed martial artist, uh, I've also grown as a, you know, a person that, you know, takes care of their hair and actually knows what needs to put in it. And that's what I've been able to uh, find in someone like uh, in the company like uh, Wiseman. So um, very, uh, you know, very eager to grow inside the cage as a fighter and also yeah. as a, a person that, uh, you know, who I have a, 
establish myself in different directions in regards to different companies. As I mentioned, Coors Light more recently. Coors Light. Um, so who are the companies? Let's list all the companies now because we're talking about business. So you've got Wise. What's right? It's Wise Men. Wise Men. Uh, what's it called? There's also On the Run Meals. Um, on the Run, on the run Meals, meals so that, that I work your, your food, with. Uh, yeah. High Performance Nutrition, supplement. which is a supplement company. Um, you should have brought good. some bottles with you. you yeah, I know. Well, I have it in my car. Um, right. What's so it called? Working on something. I can't talk about it, but uh, it'll be so cool. Uh, we're doing a test pilot. We're going to send it in. It's not official yet, but it again, having Coors Light is uh, or Coors Edge more specifically is going to be really exciting. Um, uh, also, uh, what was the other one? Well, one of the, one of the proudest moments uh, was getting uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots with Mattel. So I was responsible oh, yeah. for their relaunch in Canada for Christmas. So uh, my, the activation was a campaign for Christmas. And, uh, you so know, uh, that's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. So do you have like an agent that connects you with people? Well, I have an MMA work? agent, but I actually, a part of this has actually been organic in regards to putting myself out there and different so, companies have reached out. And I, I basically pitch them up. Um, I pitch them, uh, uh, you know, a campaign and the campaign is myself. And that's what I've been able to do. Let's well, see. I, what I like about it as a marketing guy and a, and a brand guy, like I said, is that you're connecting all the dots as far as like, it's organic. Like you're not making this shit up just for the sake of being seen. Cause a lot of people out there on social media, I'm not sure about other fighters and what they put out there, but it's like fake bullshit, right? Mm. Where you're creating business by things that you're, and you're engaging with people. So like, mm -hmm. that's how things come up. So let's talk about cannabis because yep. this is uh what are you doing exactly with cannabis? Explain because you told me this before, but I want you to say it to everyone. Because I remember it was months ago you were giving me the heads up when we work on the article. You're gonna be the first was a professional athlete to. Well, so I'm working on what's called a therapeutic use exemption. So short term, it, it, it's called a TUE, right? So um, basically, I have nine, bilateral neuropathic pain which is nerve damage of my upper extremities. And everything yeah. I do is involves contact and rough contact with my upper extremities. I punch, I, I elbow, yeah. um, you know, I take slams, everything in between. So there's a deficiency in regards to my sensors and what, and what, and nerve endings. And what that does is it creates, um, you know, spiking pain, creates radiating heat. Yeah. Sometimes um, I won't even notice pain in regards to my elbow. Like sometimes it'll just be so numb mm -hmm. in regards to the narrating heat. And I don't realize that I've elbowed uh, yeah. or I hit my elbow so hard that it's completely bruised. And because of the way I was, you know, um, texting or whatever like that for a little bit, yeah. uh, I ended up having a swollen elbow that I didn't even notice uh, again. Cause like your, your yeah, wires are just up. all over, um, all over the place. So, how I have been able to combat that and the sensations and the um, what's it called? The just the competitive disadvantage that that puts me at yeah. is um, cannabis uh, as prescribed by my medical doctor. And um, so how long ago was this? Uh, I've been I've been a medical patient since 2017. Okay. Um, and from there, uh, I am able to uh, not only pain manage or manage the pain of uh, of yeah. my uh, ailment and uh yeah. through my prescription yeah. but also able to properly massage and stretch and uh what's it called relieve relieve the actual outlining uh what's it called um you know ailments with through physio through um you know stretching itself and i'm able to actually be more in tune with my overall body that way right so it's it's a mixture of both you're um, the first athlete is this uh well uh, well so my case what i'm fighting in regards to the therapeutic use exemption is that um right now cannabis is tested um, and it's classified as a prohibited substance so that means it's on the same level as like an hgh or a steroid which is ridiculous right and part of that is is the outdated mindset especially in the states in japan uh, because they're outstanding governing bodies of the like essentially the olympic testing pool yeah. right yeah. so they have the negative look at it and um they don't classify it as medicine in any way shape or form in the states it's on the it's a, it's a class one drug so it's looked at as heroin yeah. but ironically you can have opioids uh, for pharmaceutical grades, right? Mm -hmm. So again, this is medical equality is what I'm trying to fight for not only myself, but all other athletes, because my case will set precedent, not only for myself, 
but all of that same Olympic testing. So uh, if all, all goes well, this will possibly put a, the first punch uh, taking cannabis out of the prohibited list. Oh, very cool. Very cool. Now, is there any other, is there any business ventures you're involved with that or is there anything? Well, one of the companies that, well, I've been working with and they've been helping me uh, as both a patient and athlete is Solus Health Network. And um, they've, Solus Health Network. Yeah. So um, Solus Health Network has been helping in regards to the administrative aspect and also my patient um, care in, in, in cannabis and also um, the actual, again, the, uh, the just endless paperwork that's involved in putting together a therapeutic use exemption. It's above my understanding in many ways in the capacity Good. that, um, I need help putting together the, the actual documents in regards to what my actual overall case, my medical case comes yeah. to. And that's why, again, uh, having a medical, a cannabis medical provider really, you know, puts it all together. And even with that, it's been a 18 month process. And, wow. you know, it, again, without someone like uh, souls health network, uh, it, it would have been even harder and yeah. I couldn't, couldn't imagine. And that's probably why no other athlete has never been in this position. Uh, because again, you put, they never say no, they only say you're denied. And after, you know, X amount of times being denied now, um, I could see why, you know, athletes would potentially, um, you know, give out out of frustration um, mm. or just, you know, confusion because of much. what is needed. Because even not only have I my medical doctors and the me- medical practitioners at Solus Health Network, yeah. I've had uh, a pain specialist. I've also had a um, neuropathic specialist, uh, sorry, a wow. sports uh, uh, specific yeah. medical doctor as well. Um, all accredited both in Canada and the U S and still, um, denied because of the fact that they want me to exhaust all other medical, um, uh, medical options. options so first line options. So they want me to do SSRIs. They want me to do antidepressants. They want me to do, um, other type of, um, you know, painkillers. Like one of them would be Lyrica that I always explained. So with Lyrica, it's not only the side effects in regards to, um, you know, it doesn't really manage the pain the same way as cannabis, and uh, it makes me feel drowsy. And it also, it also, uh, more importantly, gives me constipation and uh, an upset stomach, and yeah. I, I'll be bloated like ten extra pounds. And as someone that cuts about 15, 16 pounds to begin with, add another ten pounds. Yeah. Now that, that's another again uh, competitive disadvantage I find myself in because of these alternatives that I'm being told to use. And some of them are addictive and it's, you know, it's almost laughable where like USADA, again, I believe in safe sport. I believe in, um, you know, uh, the, the idea of anti-doping and I'm a clean athlete myself. And, you know, one of the proudest moments was when the UFC partnered with USADA because I want that Olympic tight testing. Yeah. But cannabis, especially the way that I've done it, and the you know methodically going through different directions and in in the whole um, uh, TUE um, you know process, and how I've been so transparent and I've been putting all, you know all the specialists together, et cetera, et cetera, where you know you you can get Ritalin for no problem. You can get a uh, different type of um, all these other yeah. exemptions that are m- arguably much more uh, detrimental and yeah. especially the way that I'm asking for it. I'm only asking to use medical cannabis as yeah. prescribed by my doctor to weigh-ins. And then I'll go to sleep, wake up and compete, go to sleep so you- and medicate the next day. Has this, this has been approved or this is something that... It's still not still approved. Not Again, I'm at the point where they want me to um, exhaust more options. So it means, you know, nine weeks of an opioid. It means yeah. nine weeks of, uh, a, a, a painkiller means nine weeks of a SSRI. It means nine weeks of an antidepressant just to prove that this medicine doesn't work for me and the side effects are horrible. So they want me to literally try everything that doesn't work just to come back to what does work. It's an outdated mindset that I'm determined to fight. That's good. No, I'm, I, uh, you know, it's kind of weird because you think about now, this is like pioneering something, you know, maybe 20 years from now, and this is like normal, people are not going to realize you are part of 
it's just getting it going. You know what I mean? It's one of those things where it is a lot of paperwork. I, I honestly, I just thinking about it exhausts me because thinking about how much shit you got to do mm-hmm. to get things going. But I'm sure you're going to get MRIs, more. x-rays, yeah. ultrasounds, everything. Um, what's yeah. it called? Comparative ultrasounds, comparative MRIs. But like, it'll again, blow it, you away. You know, who knows? Like when this stuff happens and then, like I said, 20 years, 15, 10 years from now, like, you know, it's even the legalization of cannabis is still, yep. like I said, we talked about earlier, it's, I mean, we're Canadian. We've been around it. If you've been to Vancouver, it's, you know, I get it. But it's it's still kind of like weird. You know what I mean? Like people, especially I have customers in the States. Like if you tell them, yeah, no, you can walk around here in Canada. Uh, well, I'm sure now, even I'm sure at UFC events, there's probably people outside, you know, getting high and watching fights and all that. It's just becoming more and more culture, but it's just change, right? It's evolving uh, for where it was obviously years ago, so. It's removing a stigma, both on the recreational side and also the uh, medical side. And, you know, I'm more of a proponent in regards to the medical aspect of it, obviously, because of the fact that it, in many ways, I, I look at it as a medicine to in my life. Um, and what I, what I suggest to everyone is to, you know, talk to a, maybe a medical professional, especially because, you know, it's always best to have a professional opinion. And I think, um, especially um, what do you call it when you're first starting to try it? I think it's always great to have a medical professional's opinion. Yeah, and awesome. uh, also people need to understand the difference between a right and a regulation. So all that changed in regards to uh, legalization was a look at the criminal code, right? That's not a that's not a right. That's just a changing. So it just changed into yeah. non-enforcement in regards to a product, a product now that can be sold. Yeah. So um, I still believe that it should be a part of... Uh, again, the healthcare system, because of the fact that it is a fundamental right to be able to medicate as prescribed by a doctor. And that's what more pointly I, I'll be fighting for in regards to not only myself, but all other athletes moving forward. Is there any next steps with that? What's the next? It's pushing through. Uh, there's a couple of cool um, developments. Uh, again, technical aspect will be exciting uh, developments in regards to different legal components that are, are able to potentially, you know, kind of help put this in the right direction because there are many people, it's not just the anti-doping agency, there's certain regulatory stuff that uh, I have noticed. Yeah. And I think that uh, I'm with my legal um, representation, uh, legal help, uh, we actually can actually fine tune what I kind of think that will be an opportunity to not only get, um, in many different directions in regards to a therapeutic use exemption yeah. and the ability to medicate as prescribed by my doctor. Very cool. Now, do you think uh, weed would be like a performance enhancing drug at all or PED? Well, uh, the way I'm structuring my PED as uh, PED, the way I'm just per, way I'm structuring my TUE, TUE. Um, my therapeutic <laughs> use exemption is um, what's regards I'm medicating until the day before. Yeah. And then go to sleep and wake up. There will be no effects of cannabis in any way for you to call it um, inebriation because yeah. there's no way that it will alter my my way of thinking. Yeah. And there's no way it'll actually help in regards to performance enhancing. The actual half-life and the actual um, duration of the um, medication time would only be a few hours, right? So yeah. I'll be going to sleep so at 11 like p.m., yeah. 12 a.m., the next day morning, there is no effects in regards to performance enhancing. So that it removes any type of aspect in regards to whether I'm, you know, uh, whether I'm, uh, what's it called? Uh, not inebriated. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, intoxicated yeah. or, um, you know, any type of advancement. So there's none of those. Okay. In UFC, like what if someone drinks before? They don't test you for that. It, it's, 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 in it's the bodybuilding their... world, like from bodybuilding, mm-hmm. yeah, guys are drinking vodka sometimes backstage. I mean, not that, is it a performance? I mean, they do drugs probably, right? So, but I'm just saying like, so the alcohol, what if someone was getting drunk? I'm just saying. Like, it, but fight? again, that falls under the commission, right? So that falls under the commission to see whether you're uh, under the influence of something. Right. So that, but that's yeah. the whole point. Like there shouldn't be uh, the, a different standard, especially with the medical yeah. component, because what again, someone could have Vicodin in their system and it wouldn't be an issue. But if I have cannabis in my system, I can get suspended from six months to a year. And that's what I'm fighting. Yes. No, I, I agree. I see what you say with that. You know, I'm just I just think of like, 
you know, almost like in a, in a joking fashion, if someone actually want, if I was a UFC fighter, if someone wanted to fight me and they're going to smoke a joint before they go into the octagon, for example, is that going to give them an advantage or is that going to be a disadvantage? I'm just mm-hmm. saying I've ever got to that point, but I mean, it's just such a, you know, it's, it's, I get what you're saying, where you're going with it, but do you think it would be an advantage to someone if they smoked a joint and then got it? Like, I don't think that would be. No. And especially an what I'm using it for, it's pain management. I'm not looking yeah. at Again, it's not necessarily the, a high or the, the high component. And most of it is, again, I do it before. Yeah. Like when I yeah. will wake up in the morning, uh, you know, depending on what my very, body yeah, feels, clear on what you're uh, what's doing it called? That. And then I'll go to basically training and then afterwards, hours, uh, then I'll medicate and it'll be hours again, maybe even a nap before my next training session. Then I'll train yeah. and then I'll medicate again. But it, there's different ways I look at people medicating themselves. People medicate themselves with caffeine, right? Absolutely. So uh, I, I think there's just different looks at what people have used. And, and part of the reason why this established uh, viewpoint in regards to cannabis being on the prohibited list is because if it's an outdated racist law in in the capacity of putting cannabis uh, as an illegal drug in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things there we can get into with the cannabis stuff. And I, you know, I, I like what you're doing with it because it's, it's new. Uh, there's it's definitely a lot of work. You've been doing this for quite some time, right? I mean, this is not mm-hmm. an easy thing and obviously I wish you the best of luck with that part of it. I, I want to uh, get into a little bit of your training in nutrition. Um, now we can start off with nutrition because now you, most of your meals now you have, Oh, yep OG. with on the run meals on the run meals so they provide you basically every meal like what kind of yeah for the uh, most part um so they have everything from uh they have three basic plans of the custom or a um you know so i do all your, like all your meals you're getting right now are from them or do you cook at home like what kind of what do a, you a do? mixture of both uh, obviously in regards to uh, closer to my fight um i just switch it in you know the low carb options and then even the last little bit i also have again uh, high performance nutrition so um, especially when I'm closer to fight, uh, fight camps, um, most of my, you know, you know, it's kind of like a smoothie or a, um, uh, cause I kind of, uh, keep almost as much as in regards to intermittent fasting. I, I kind of switch more to that, switch my fuel source from yeah. instead of carbohydrates to more healthy fats. Um, you know, not necessarily full ketosis until like the last um, week or so. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I use on the run meals in regards to um, uh, the, kind the of three different structure, the, sorry, the three different uh, full meals that I'll have in, in, a, in a day, plus the, um, you know, protein, plant protein that I'll have protein, yeah. um, in the morning as my first real meal. And especially I've been a lot of fish, chicken, like what do you fish, have? Fish, chicken. Yep. Uh, but the, they also have vegan options. They also have uh, I mix the meat out. It's more protein is the more important part. And it's always kind of cool. It's going to good for your body to kind of uh, leave out a little bit of meat and uh, every once in a while, you know, yeah. especially red meat too. Yep. Um, so I, I kind of more focus on always having as much um, healthy fats as possible, whether it's avocados, olive oil, you know, you know, even cheese. I can, uh, again, you earn it, you burn it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so especially now- when I'm not in camp and I'm just maintaining, um, as long as I'm not eating crap, uh, even though um, uh, they do on the run meal has the best like macaroons and they have the best uh, like different types of like, sorry, I'm tapping my fingers. I'm drool. Like I'm like drooling and tapping. But um, cause I'm allowed to have some cheats, right? Hungry, I think, too, right? Um, yeah. Um, so, okay. So, you obviously use supplements. Yep. So you, what, what do you, so what kind of new, like, what are we talking here? So you obviously have meals prepared. Then you'll have like protein shakes. Yep. Vegan, so I'll have so. like a, a Pro Zero, which is a high performance nutrition's, um, you know, vegan Where option. Where they based out of? California. Oh, California. So uh, been with them for quite some time, and I, I really love uh, their vision in regards to the the plant uh, focus and also being vegan, just because of you know both can, in regards to. Can you find the product in Canada? Yep, you, you can get it in online, Canada. Yep, yeah. you can buy uh, buy it online, and uh, it'll just come. It'll just drop at your door. So, um, what was I going to so say? Vegan, sorry, I yeah, vegan, uh, pro, pro zero is really delicious, especially like their, some of their new, uh, their new, newest, uh, options. Cause again, being a plant-based protein, sometimes it can be tricky, but they hit it right on the nail and especially in some, some of their, you know, key 
um, key sellers in regards to birthday cake or um, yeah. what's it called? All, all the obviously, other options yeah, that they I'll have. Take a look at. I've seen some of your social media. But I'll have to take a look at their. Lines. Yeah, they're obviously. delicious. Yeah, maybe next time. But, we, uh, yeah, I'll bring some. I'll bring a top. We, we do a little taste test here. Yeah. Try it out because I mean I hear it all the time. And it's the best tasting stuff, but especially with the vegan things too. I mean it's it's changing. It's evolving. I see. One hundred percent racks up. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see what uh, what you do there. So um, nutrition now training obviously. Um, Forget, but let's not talk about MMA training because you know that's a whole other ball game. Listen, lifting. No, do you them. lift? Do you go to? Uh, what do you do? Yeah, um, most of my routine comes from uh, my trainer at Steve and at Bang Fitness. Um, so I've been with them for. Where's that? Um, at Bang Fitness is around Queen and Spadina. So um, and Steve, sorry, well, who's Steve? Uh, Jeff. Uh, Jeff is the owner, a great guy, and then also Steve has been my trainer. Now my coach, my strength coach for better part of five years. Right. So, um, he's helped me in regards to, uh, you know, uh, just routine that I can both do with him. And obviously we hit more benchmark oriented stuff when I'm with them. And then when I take it on the road in regards to, um, uh, you know, TriStar and I, I just take our, take the methods there and it's, it's about maintaining and, Again, I don't have to. So, what kind of lifting are you doing? Are you doing like bench presses? Yeah, bench press. Uh, well, we usually do agility to start, and then we'll add um, strength, power, and finish off with some type of conditioning at the end. And you know, everything I do is also conditioning as well. That's why, like, uh, I I put such a high output because um, I can. And um, you know, I I, I think um, it's been successful in in that capacity um, for what I've been able to do as um, you know an athlete. And uh, looking at it also not only as a fight, yeah. but uh, as a, a sport and as a, an athlete and what I've been successful in regards to just outpoint out, um, just outpouring way more than my opponents. Yeah. No, cool. I, you know, um, I think we're, there'll be a lot more that we could talk about uh, with you. And we, we certainly, I mean, you're hopefully going to be local. We get you in here and do some more podcasts. We do lives and all that. And uh, we'll wrap this up here s- shortly, but I kind of want to share one last you know, little story. And I'm, well, you're obviously fighting this day, but it was up in Ottawa when I, it was Nick McNaught. And uh, he had said, hey, let's go up to your place. And Also then, been on the cover exactly, of Inside Fitness. Yeah, that guy right there. What a sweetheart. Yeah, nicest guy. And uh, so he bought a bunch of tickets. We have all these tickets and we had these awesome seats where the walkout. And uh, can you believe you were in the ring first? Were you in the ring first, that one? Or you were after the guy? I can't remember. But uh, one of the guys that we were with, the guy was walking. Oh, um, uh, it's Kyle's friend. I'm blanking on his name. Dave. Dave, yep. Dave. Boom. So Dave, and I'm going to have Dave and Kyle in here shortly too. But I'll never forget, Dave was just, you know, having fun. And the guy was walking and he had his hand out to give him like a high five. And just before... The guy went to give him a high five. He pulled it away. Dave pulled it away. Gave him the finger. And you know, and, and but the video, which, Dave's video is so dope. It was the and I got this like on video. We got this on video. Yeah. But to me, and the guy got mad and gave him the finger, and he kind of like went back at him. I'm like, holy shit, this is amazing. This guy is already rattled before he even got in the octa. Like, who falls for this guy? You know. But I it was he such was a so funny mad. No, oh, he was Dave so mad. So, so when you that one you won, Dave and I was like, I'm like, you know, Dave's get Dave should get like a little bit of credit on that one. I think I know one percent. Like he's got the if, one, it, if it was hockey, he would get the assist. Exactly. Yeah, he's he got the assist. But that, we got to get that video. Thank you for the assist. Yeah, exactly. But anyways, guys, I, uh, I I appreciate you coming in and spending some time. We're gonna go back on Instagram Live for a little bit, just probably some questions and all that. And uh, Elias, thank you so much for for coming in, and uh, wish you all the best moving forward. And uh, we'll do some more stuff. Thanks, there, man. It means the world.